Welcome to the Keeping It Business Podcast. I'm Adam Payne, a multiple small business owner, business mentor and growth coach, and your host here on Keeping It Business. Right, with me I've got my great and dear friend Amy Foster. I'm going to let Amy, as I normally do, let Amy introduce herself. So Amy, over to you. We were friends up to this point. I should probably make that clear. Um, Hi, my name is Amy from Nomad HR and Recruitment. Uh, I run a consultancy that specialises in HR and recruitment. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, What would you like to know? Right. So from your career history and that side, what did you actually train in? What did you actually want to be when you grew up? Uh, when I was at school, I wanted to be a long distance lorry driver. Obviously, didn't follow that passion. Uh, I went to university and did sport. I wanted to be a sports development officer until I'd done three years of university and didn't want to do that anymore. The only thing I wanted to do when I left uni was to go traveling. So all my friends were preparing CVs and going to find the careers and, oh, I don't want to do any of that. I wanted a backpack and I wanted to travel. Uh, okay, no, so is that, coming back to that lorry driver thing, was that stemming from there, from long distance lorry driving, wanting um, to, to travel? Think, yeah, I think I wanted to see the world. <laughs> and how old were you when you were saying, I want to be a lorry driver? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I was allowed to say that at school either, because I'm not sure that's really a career that they thought I would go into. Oh, and how many female lorry drivers were there 20-something years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, okay. So from the travelling side... You, obviously you went traveling then from yeah. from leaving you uh, so you finished university completed university yeah sport and leisure studies that was it sport i knew it was i knew it was something sport because you're a big swimmer you, you love swimming didn't you yes yeah and yeah. athletics yeah okay so how long did you go traveling for years <laughs> yeah um uh, when I finished university, I went to Canada for that the rest of that year. I came back and I got an internship, I suppose is the best word for it, with Coventry City Council. I worked in the regeneration department in Hillfields, and it was a blend of everything I'd done at university, really. It was um, sports development, community safety, health promotion. It was about helping the community with funding to fix their own problems. Um, that was a year's placement and after that year I then went to Australia and I was away for a year and a half um loved it loved it I only came back because my best friend was getting married <laughs> so but going into these places so like Canada um and um Australia and that side uh, what jobs were you doing did you pick up jobs uh, I didn't work in Canada I just traveled in Australia I worked for Barclay Card for about half a day really didn't like that uh, I worked on a banana farm for oh, about three months, lived in a caravan. I was sorting out the good bananas from the bad bananas. What else did I do? Oh, and I worked uh, in a backpackers and a uh, nightclub promoter, getting people out and about. Um, best times of my life, loved it. Oh my God. So how old were you be? How old were you be then? 22. Okay, yeah. 22. So, yeah. yeah. And so, okay, so where did the... I can say I can't say that because that was a. I was going to say where did the serious side of the job start cut for you for you as a as a job role and and 
permanent, getting into that permanent positions. When did that start for you? So when I came back from that travel, I contacted Coventry City Council again and I got a temporary job working in HR. And then from there, I got into back into regeneration and I worked as street crime warden and community community wardens I think they were called and they were out and about in the community helping fix the problems again I was a team leader there and then I went into youth work uh, worked for youth service and it was a program to help young people stay on a better path in life it was an 18 month program and it was truly successful I'd already been a youth worker uh, in a part-time capacity and I absolutely loved it i do really like working with the harder to reach teenagers. No, and that's something that you do now. I know you do, yeah. don't you? So we'll talk about that in a, in a bit later. So that has really, that side, for me knowing you later on, that side really has impacted you from an early stage within the, your career, hasn't it, with the youth working? Yes, yeah. And is there, is there any particular reason for that? I don't know. I think I just... It, I like the challenges that they bring and I like being able to help in a holistic way. It's not just one issue, it's, it's many issues and being able to just be that support mechanism. I, I just really enjoy doing it. Okay. Okay. Now I didn't realize because I, I thought you were late coming into HR, but you weren't, you're actually quite early in your career in HR. HR. Uh, there's a lovely, lovely lady who was in the HR department and she took me under her wing and that's why I went back to the HR department. Okay. Um, and I suppose the internship that I had was so far ahead of its time. I got experience in, in all departments. I was given lots of projects to do. I understood how finance worked, marketing. We did newsletters. I worked in the uh, sports department. I was really given so much experience, a broad range of experience is now an internship I suppose and then I managed to do that in my last job I introduced internships and it's exactly what I did like nothing new under the sun <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic so what do you wish you had known when you first started out so going right back to let's say I don't know whether it changed for you as it as it as it progressed on so prior to wanting to be a lorry driver going to university I went to university to do sport because it was the subject that I really enjoyed and I was likely to stick at university because I enjoyed it. Um, I obviously didn't do a career in it. I think you can switch paths and it's absolutely fine to do that. You don't have to have a life plan and it go in one direction and you nothing else. I like that. Oh, shiny things over here, shiny things over here. I'll, off I go and investigate. I think that's probably what I should have, that it's okay to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, having that curiosity around things and, and following that side um, yeah. is is absolutely superb because it, it builds that creative side and that understanding and you drive for all, all manner of different things. I've had so many different jobs though. I have, and I suppose, that, I think that's why I'm good at recruitment because I've tried so many different things. And it's not that I've quit them, is that okay I know how to do that now let's go and learn something else and I'm trying to do that with my daughter as well so if she goes to gymnastics for example and after a couple of sessions if she doesn't like it that's all right you've tried it yeah but then there also is that you're supposed to have a bit more stickability I think but it's great that you want to try all these things let's go and do them yeah absolutely what would you say you you um 
how can I say, what led you to the, led you down the path? Well, I think you probably answered this, led you down the path of the, the sports side because you knew it was something you were going to stick at. Wasn't it? What led you down the, the path of the HR side? Was it purely just having that role in the, in the early days uh, uh, that, that gave me a good overview and again they taught me lots just even in that short space of time that I was there uh, fast forward many years and I'd we then moved my now husband and I moved to New Zealand we were there for four and a half years then we moved to Dubai for two years and I was in a role there where we were working with interns and I was talking to one of them about a problem that he had at work and I was dealing with it and my manager said, you're really good at that. You should follow that. And it, it was always been a part of my job. It had never been the full job. So I got the qualification and I followed it from there. That that was what I was going to do. But I much prefer the recruitment side of things because it's far nicer to give somebody a job than to take it off them. Yeah, I, I can understand that. So you actually went back and re-qualified then? Um, in... I did. I was lucky enough. My boss in um, Dubai paid for my qualification. Okay, and and uh, was is was the education? Did you do it? You did obviously did it in Dubai. Was the education system uh, and that can, different to what you'd experienced from UK? It was a British qualification I did, and it was a British trainer that came over because they liked the international standards. So uh, yeah, an English and English lady came over to teach it. Okay, fantastic. And, uh, I take it that was a whole host of you that we went in at that point or did you actually get one-to-one no it was it was a full class, full class so lots of different industries lots of different nationalities real blend okay now then coming back to it so four years new zealand then into dubai was that a was it your career or um your other half your husband's career was, oh, i know it's craig but um, <laughs> no. So we moved to New Zealand really easily because Craig was on the skilled migrant list. I was still under 30, so it was very easy to get a visa there. He just, he got old, he was 31, so he needed to be sponsored, um, which was super easy to do. And when we got to New Zealand, it was even easier to stay, like just ridiculously easy. So we stayed for four and a half years. That was 2010 we left there. Um, the recession had finally hit New Zealand. My company had had three rounds of redundancies. And I was just like, let's go and find something else. That It's so far from anywhere else. And we'd done Asia, Australia. We'd done all that side of the world, travelled, seen everything we wanted to do. Let's see where else we can go. And Craig had an interview for the American Hospital in Dubai, um, got the job. And as we were flying home for Christmas one year, we stopped in Dubai. We checked out the hospital. He saw where he went to work, signed the contract. We moved back to New Zealand, back to Dubai, and stayed there for two years. <laughs> and and from your side in your career, that you know never never bothered you from swapping and changing well, no, because it was it was travel. It was truly exciting. Yes. So when we got to New Zealand, uh, Craig's obviously got off to work, and I was out one day and uh, just sitting in the park, and there was a newspaper on the bench next to me. I picked it up, and there was a job as a youth work program manager for child youth and family which is their social services it was an advert in the paper so I took the paper which Craig thought was really scummy of me but <laughs> took the paper applied for the job and I got it turns out that paper was weeks old I'd only got a couple of days left on the advert to get my application in um, I did that for a year which was truly 
to hit eye-opening. I was one of only three white people working there, uh, Pakiha we're called, and I was probably the smallest member of staff, and I'm not a small girl in British standards, am I? No, you're not, no, yeah. I loved the work, but truly challenging. And I don't think it was residential care. So it was like youth offending. The doors had got timers on them. You couldn't give scissors out. I'd have to count the pencils, count them back in. Um, I'd be trained to restrain young people. I'd be working in the secure unit. Um, very challenging work. And I just, I did it for a year and it's time to do something else. Uh, from there, I went to work for Yellow Pages for a bit. I worked in the marketing department. Then I got a job which I absolutely loved. I worked for a web design company and that was just fun all round. They've got, they've created the best culture. It's just lovely. And I take it, are they still going? Yes, different versions of it. And 10, 10 years later, most of the same people are still there because it's oh, not somewhere you particularly want to leave. Yeah, that's, that says a lot, that does. On a Friday evening, we used to have a drinks trolley and you'd take the drinks round to people at their desks, drinks and snacks, and you'd be allowed to bring your partners in, clients, um, and you'd just stay at work and have drinks and food on a social Friday evening. What a lovely Kiwi culture. <laughs> so now I've I seen a difference in your, and, and obviously we're doing the podcast, I've seen a difference in your body language when you were talking around the youth side and then the website obviously the yeah. one that was very challenging was the the youth side what what was your what was the takeaway for you for you know the the, the learning experience uh, that you took with you because that obviously that ha that have affected you it just by the I, I may be completely wrong on this but just watching you then it just oh, I'd, it, it I'd, brought... I'd truly love to be able to tell you the stories but I can't I, no I, yeah yeah I, I, know, I know you appreciate that but... but from a personal point of view you know did it how, did it did that change you in any way at all I left that job without having another job I think that says a lot okay yeah yeah, you normally, you are, I left for moral reasons. I really didn't agree with how it was run. And once I left, quite a few others left as well, as okay. if like that's the trigger, okay, this isn't, and it wasn't right. And I'm sure people have tried to correct it since then, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's lots of problems that need tackling. And I had a fresh set of eyes going in, I suppose, because I wasn't a Kiwi and I hadn't, seen their problems it just it needs tackling they've got some yeah organizational issues and some i suppose cultural issues that needed dealing with but i suppose in a way that 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 coming out of that is is her is sort of like how can i say probably put things in perspective for you around how not to do things and how to do things in certain circumstances with what you deal with now i suppose Yes, um, and I remember ringing Craig at work and saying, "I'm resigning today. Just can't stay here any longer." Yeah. Okay. So I was expecting the answer to be, but I was just <laughs> like, "I'm just not staying here any longer." No, get your ass back to work. <laughs> yes. Well, find another job then, woman. <laughs> um, so uh, up into the web development to that uh, uh, into that position because I, I and. I can't remember whether I was right. I'm right to say this because you, you have had so many varied roles. We went on a networking, I think it was, in a few years back now. And you took me there to a pub in Nuneaton. 
I think you said you managed. Oh, I did. Yes. Yes. That's before we moved to New Zealand. So, so um, oh, okay. So how the hell did that come about? Oh, it's, it's, it's most things are from people I know. <laughs> and I like to say yes, and then think about it afterwards. <laughs> so I was, oh, short story. I ended up working there just in the evenings. I've always worked in pubs since I was 15. I love it. I generally don't like being in the centre of attention. I love being in a pub. Okay, that doesn't sound good either. No, anyway. Like um, <laughs> yeah, I like being in a pub, yeah. <laughs> I like being behind the bar. So um, I was working at this one part-time, just whenever they needed somebody. I, I just enjoyed it. It was it was awesome fun. And I was there one evening and the landlord quit. Oh, right. Okay. So the next day I went back, I went, I want to run your pub. I went, okay, here are the keys. <laughs> So how long did you do that for? Oh, only nine months. It was truly, truly horrid, horrid. You don't get to leave. Anybody who wants to see you has to come to you. You'd be out, people would be phoning you. Um, you'd get back and the pub wasn't shut in time. Uh, we, we were at the cinema one day and somebody phoned to say, the next shift haven't come. Yeah, it's only 20 past seven. Give them 10 more minutes. If they're not there at half past, then ring me back. Uh, just not very healthy. Just so you time. you were not uh, living in? Yeah, we lived above it. Oh, did you? All oh, right, okay. So we rented okay. our house out and lived above it, and yeah, only for nine months. And then that's when we moved to, to New Zealand. Like, right, what are we going to do next? What was the biggest takeaway from running that? You must have had Don't somebody. do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Funny enough, somebody uh, else has said that to me as well. <laughs> that they I'm, I'm very pleased I did it. I was the youngest landlady in Warwickshire at the time. I was 26. So, uh, and for that bit, it was awesome. And again, it's a blend of everything. You do, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the finance, you're doing the stock take, all of it. But sometimes you just want a night off, and yeah. there, there isn't that. There isn't that night off. Yeah, a lot of friends I know that are in that are in the trade say you just it's just unforgiving sometimes. It's just yeah. it's full on, and you just can't get away from it at all. Um, so. Dubai. When did you come back to the UK? 2012. 2012. And you've been in here since 2012? Uh, yes. I mean, uh, yeah, of course you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think back um, as to when I met you, which would be around about that time. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's been a long eight years, Adam. Yeah. Was that through Craig's? role coming back or did you make a joint decision that you were coming back anyway or was um, it something else the company i worked for in dubai wasn't doing so well i stopped getting paid it's really 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 expensive in dubai with no money so i got my benefits package included a car and craig's included an apartment but there was a point when it switched then that we moved out of medical accommodation and moved into um, our own and we got a housing allowance if I don't get paid my housing allowance doesn't get paid either I'm like okay you can find another job but what did I really want to do I don't know um, and Craig didn't like his job <laughs> um, that came with some challenges as well I think that's probably the same answer as child youth and family yeah. <laughs> um, there's some organizational problems and his contract was coming to an end and he's like, right, let's go back to England for a bit. So we went, we came back, 
we were we bought a house that we were going to learn how to do up and flip on and it was all going quite well we'd been our craig had been on a plastering course i learned how to bricklay very boring job um can't quite imagine you as a bricklayer no I, I do about this many rows i'm like oh that's enough, isn't it? Fair play to you. Even on the course. I'll tell you something, if there's, if there's one thing anybody should take away from this, this, this uh, podcast is, for Christ's sake, don't let anything hold you back at all. Just just go and do it. Just uh, Because, as you say, you, you, you did a bricklaying course because you wanted to do this. You've done this, you've done that. Absolutely, you know. The lady who in my job in Dubai said, nothing scares you, I've read your CV. I'm like, that's lovely. And she's adorable. Um, and I highly, highly respect her. So anything that she would say to me, I'm just going to blindly follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back in the UK now. Um, so yeah, um, Craig fell out of love with his job. And you, you've now obviously both got to find a job coming back into the UK. Uh, was it the... Were you making the decision to do the house to flip to go into that property side and do well, that, or just? I think we like to have projects to do, so that was the yeah. idea. But then Craig started buying light fittings that weren't the most cost-effective light fittings. You're like, you're not, you're not selling this house, are you? <laughs> um, yeah, and we ended up living there. Um, super cheap, lovely area, lovely neighbours. Why would you move? Um, yeah, and we're still here. Um, and when Craig turned 45, he thought he needed a proper job. So he now works properly for the NHS rather right. than being his own um, agency. And I'm the one with out a proper job because I run my own company. Uh, yeah, you can't say that's not a proper job at all. So UK, you went into um, an HR role, didn't you? Um, yeah. Within a, a consultancy firm. Um, how long were you in, with those for? Uh, Four, four years? No. That's because where I, I I met you two, there. Two, maybe three years. Oh, I don't know. I, the, yeah. the dates don't add up now, do they? And what made you What made you make decision to actually um, take the plunge and go on your own? I had, had my daughter. I, I absolutely loved my job. There was I loved the people I worked with. I loved the the role that I had. It was everything I could have possibly wanted. But when Matilda came along, the purpose of going to work wasn't the same. I wanted to be at home. Um, I wanted to be around. And everyone told me to do it for myself. And so I did. I just followed everyone else's advice. <laughs> now, coming back to that question what I asked earlier, what do you wish you had known when you first started out? So what do you wish you had known when you first made that plunge? anything but some days you really need your big girl pants on okay go on expand um, a bit expand a bit on that then I, i'm one of the tools that i use is behavior profiling and it suggests that i don't make decisions so well i do but i the way that i make those is in collaboration with others i won't force my decision on others i'm not banging the table sometimes i need to just be this is what we're doing okay and you need to pay me and whatever else it is and they're not the bits that come naturally to me because i'm a bit more i'm a lot more of a people person but some days the big girl pants need to come on yeah i know i know you are very 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 much of a people's person um 
what do you think you, your your unique skill is it, it is within what you do now anyway in recruitment in hr recruitment because that that's what you fell in love with really isn't it the yeah um i'm very good at finding that person that you're looking for mm. and i think that is because i've worked many jobs i've worked all over the world but most importantly i've got very high emotional intelligence so i can i see the fit i know when to talk although i do talk a lot um <laughs> those kinds of things <laughs> okay okay what do you think you're um obviously with where we are now what's the biggest challenge uh you are facing specifically within your role in your business currently so many candidates for each role and and the way that people approach you it is just from everywhere like it's every hour of the day and night it's it's times are desperate for some people and i really really appreciate that i will get back to people on the day that they apply i always let you know if you declined at the time i read your cv i will decline you then i will keep people up to date but still people chase and chase and chase want to know an answer and if i, I don't have an answer yeah and, it's just the volume is i suppose yeah, at the moment yeah and i in i know you from that uh, empathy point of view and understanding that people point of view you totally get it um if i was to say because of the current situation what would be your top do's and don'ts for a candidate that's being sort of like made redundant and is getting into that position that um they've got to look for a job okay make sure your cv is really up to date make sure it looks good there's no spelling mistakes on it it's quite clear if it's got a red line under it you need to do something about it um if you finished work put to july 2020 let us know that you've finished um do something to stand out when applying so covering letters generally don't get those anymore i don't need lengths and lengths and lengths just enough to to know that you are applying for this specific job not that you're just applying for 50 jobs because the applying for 50 jobs bit doesn't work either um that's two third be mindful that we have a lot to do at the moment so the number of candidates i can normally remember everybody i can remember the last three digits of phone numbers so if somebody phones me i tend to know oh hello adam um i can't at the moment the the, the volume of work is just so much bigger be mindful yeah weird i and we are doing our best at the moment what would be your don't do's because i think we do it is um we were having a discussion before and i said i think sometimes we we are it's sort of like i'm so sympathetic to people going through and so emotionally connected with what people are going through we tend to miss that in saying look don't do this though because um this can have a detrimental effect so just don't do it are there any of those um that you would recommend not to do for people not to do that are in that uh, job um, searching situation because there is a piss off factor with it i know there is so you know and this is me talking this is not amy because there is there you you're in a situation that is not nice you want to know there's an urgency around that everybody expect is an expectation but there is so many different variables within within the process um 
that it, it is it's hard um you know to have an answer on things so just yeah um, be be mindful of how you apply for a job so if i don't know you i don't think it's appropriate that you whatsapp me asking for a job um i think if you're messaging me so you know false again if i don't know you full sentences don't just say detail like have a conversation show me the candidate you're going to be so that i can find you the best placement if but that's not going to work <laughs> the, yeah. just the, the bluntness of it um appreciate what hours of day and night you're you're doing it so if you you're messaging me it, it's different if you know me but if you yeah. don't you wouldn't apply for a job in that way yeah and you think uh picking up on that because i'm um, talking about tone and language um in marketing when we understand because when we do marketing we look at the the market the message and the media that we do well i look at that as no different as to when you're if you are looking for a job role so understanding the market you're going to go in and understanding the message that you're trying to portray uh and then sort of like how you you're gonna get it out there and who you're gonna go and, and go and find you're picking up around the short bullet point are you best to actually have and talk like you would have a conversation as you would normally talk uh, in 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 using something like whatsapp if if whatsapp is the the preferred way of communicating um and that side so you know it is more of a uh friendlier more of a you more of a genuine approach yes yeah certainly if you don't know me you need to start out like that yeah yeah now, I, have, I, have, I have wonder because I, I, you know me, I'm quite black and white and I'm quite, I, I'm direct. Some people don't like that as well. I'm direct. So when I tend to write, it's very bullet pointed. Uh, and it's, it's, how can I say, almost as like a um, professionalism coming right. of, of an expectation instead of actually, actually being a, a conversation yeah uh, and it, and the two can be construed very very uh, differently I, I keep going back to if, if you know me so i won't reply to messages with a hi adam i will just yeah. give you the response and and that's fine that's just backwards and forwards i don't need to be the hi adam kind regards amy yeah. but if you're starting it out at least let's do it like that like how you deal with me is the same experience that I would expect you to deal with an employer. So how you are as a candidate is how you're going to be as an employee. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Anything else? Is there anything else that you're saying on the don't side, you know, for people, um, you know, I suppose the one of constantly bombarding and, and I know we all, we all want to know in that situation. I've been through yeah, it many, many times. Um, you, you just got to be patient in some respect. yeah and if if i knew something i would obviously that you would be my next call i've got a piece of information i'm going to give it to the person that needs it um sometimes clients are a little bit slower than you expect them to be but they're also very busy and recruitment's only one piece of their job it isn't their whole business is it no, yeah. um yeah just just the patience i appreciate that people have situations that they need to to get fixed from their end but yeah just and I think everything just takes longer now. So I would say, you know, that will take me three days to do it. And it won't, it'll take me five because I haven't 
factored in how many people there, there are to, to speak to or how long it takes somebody to get back to me because they're now at work or yeah it's changed and do you think coming out of uh, anybody going into that situation cv like you said up to date what about linkedin do they because you know a lot of recruiters a lot of businesses actually search on linkedin now as well is it's, that it, it depends what job role you're in so it's not everybody's going to be on linkedin and there are only so many jobs as well no, yeah, i will cool. check people out on linkedin yeah yeah and i do do headhunt on there as well yeah because it, it's one of the things that i always used to um I, I, I this and this is just from my my side is that i used to have when i was um in the exec role if i was recruiting i would do exactly the same get the cv in um and then look at the linkedin now one of the things that uh, i used to spot a mile off is if the cv didn't match with linkedin and that yeah. would automatically throw questions up so if there's one bit i would say is make sure always that it is um you know they're both correct and 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 uh you know you've, you've got the truth down there and everything like that of your career path it's, it's up to date yeah. You'd be surprised how many people apply for jobs because their CV is already in the job board and all you have to do is swipe right or left or whichever direction it is to apply for a job. And then they go, oh, have you got my up-to-date CV? How do I know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your responsibility. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it, uh, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but it's fascinating how the mind works around things like that. And I do believe that some of that is down to social media and the way we've done way we do things that expectation you know is it's uh you know have you got my up-to-date cv because everything is virtually at your fingertips yeah. You know. yeah and people have updated it but they've perhaps updated it on one not two or not press save there could be many reasons on i'm still getting the wrong version but you've you've only got one chance in many ways yeah. and if you've moved from coventry to london and you're now applying for a you, it's got to be correct for us to see the right criteria it's got to be correct yeah no absolutely absolutely well so i'm going to go on to some quick not quick fire but some just some random questions now oh joy yeah they're not hard <laughs> well i might throw it to me how do you continue to learn in order to stay on top of the things within your role Audiobooks. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> no, oh, I'm not, my, I'm not going to... my light bulb moment for the week is yeah. how audiobooks work. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly am over 40. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, uh, it, it, I also call it a PowerPoint while we're on it. <laughs> yeah, we, have a, we have a book club uh, um, and uh, a number of us are in and uh, we're, we're reading Atomic Habits at the minute. And, uh, reading. A yeah, well, Amy's listening to it, as others are in the book club as well. Um, so I suppose, yes, that is um, definitely one way of, uh, without a shadow of doubt, people should do in uh, in getting some personal development. Anything else? Do you have to do anything in, you know, from a um, CIPD point of view and up, uh, up keeping on top of things, legislation and things like that? Yes. So I think mandatory within HR. Do you have, to, or is it? you just got to keep on top of it from a, a personal point of view 
there are daily um, newsletters that come out from the called People Management from the Chartered Institute of Personnel Development. Um, I'm on top of those and I'm at the chartered level for HR. There's one level above me, which I would really like to do. And I think I needed board level experience to be able to get to that level. And you can do that through experience. Okay. So that's, that's I take one it of the that things. would be a fellow. Yes. Fellow. Well, you surely you should have that because you sit on the board. Of, uh... I do, but I haven't. I haven't demonstrated it. I haven't done the paperwork to go with it. I haven't done. The, I, if it's the same as chartered, you needed case studies and things like that. And I did all that before I had Matilda. That was like my quick get things done list. Yeah, just I don't have such a push anymore to do it though. Yeah. Do you think that's something you will do? I'd like to think so. I'm very good at coming up with lots of ideas to keep myself occupied anyway. I don't think I need another thing on my to-do list. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest area you are curious about and why with your business currently? Curious. Uh, I suppose just to keep it current and to keep it, to be a business that I'm proud of. I In recruitment, we're not always loved. We um, don't always have the best reputation. I want to change that. And well, you were, you know that I've just changed Nomad to be a social enterprise, to be able to put the profits back in, to be able to help young people. And I suppose that's where my two passions lie, is the recruitment and supporting young people. Yeah, absolutely. that is the one thing I do know from you, that you are very, very supportive of the charities. Um, and, and numerous and varied charities as well. I know you do the youth stuff, but you do all manner of stuff. Uh, and changing the, the business was a was a big thing for you because it was something that you really did want to do uh, because it, it's part of your DNA within yourself, isn't it? That yeah, and I suppose I have the power to do that. So yeah. you only get one chance, time to do it. No, absolutely, absolutely. What would you say your biggest the biggest uh, taking COVID out of it? Well, actually, from from a business point of view, what's been your biggest uh, failure and what's been your biggest success? My biggest failure in business yeah that's a horrible question um yeah. biggest failure that sounds really big-headed but i can't think of one <laughs> there, 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 because there are probably many on the spot um and what's the other one what's the biggest success still being here yeah yeah no yeah i'm five, it's five years old and i'm still here yeah good cool so it's a key um, also biggest failure I suppose when I don't work with clients anymore, that I still take personally, even if it is my choice. And I have had those big girl moments where I'm like, I'm not working with you anymore. Really sorry, this isn't working for me. And we need to go our separate ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I still don't, I still don't like those. Uh, and to me, that's, that's failure. Yeah, I think the, the growth of a business, you will always get that. There's no choice about it. You will always have to, divorce some of your customer base um for whatever reason because you're growing you're changing yeah. uh the business is maturing um it's not where it was when it first started out so, and, um, but it always you, you always do take it to heart there's no choice about it it's you, you know cash flow issues i suppose is my failure as well i really don't do numbers yeah so would that be one of your uh, main I always say you've got to know your numbers within your business. Uh, I, I do, and I have all the processes in place. 
I'm still just not a numbers person. I, I can be taught it so many times, but I still need somebody as my backup. I, I know where I am in my head and I know where I'm going, but I'm just not a numbers girl. No, I think you can't, you, you can't be everything, can we at all? Not at all. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, here's a nice one. Here's a good one for you. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Makes me feel inspired. I just like new ideas. Okay. And they can come from anywhere on anything. I love that I will go to my designer and go, I've had an idea. And I'm sure there's a bit of him at the other end that goes, oh, he doesn't really, he, he, he does love them because he brings the idea to life. I can't do that bit. I'm just the ideas person. Um, but he is the other half of me. And everything you visually see of Nomad is him. And we're talking about Sylvie here, aren't we? I think. Yes, yeah. the lovely, lovely Sylvie. Give him a plug. One of my best recruits ever. Uh, give him a plug. Is he got his? Uh, he's got because he's got his own business, hasn't he? Yes, really? yes. Um, and what's his business? Uh, oh, his name is Silvio Hugozzi, and he's yeah. based in Coventry. Yeah, no, he's uh, yeah, and he's done stuff for me as well. Uh, there's no toys about it. He's very, very creative. What about uh, okay? You said of being inspired. What about what 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 makes you feel your best self within you? You know. Um, phoning people to offer them a job there's no better feeling than that uh, yeah. last week I offered out five jobs it was time to finish early <laughs> finished on that high <laughs> quick grab my bag week. we're leaving um, and just having a good week just great conversations with people on the phone I get to meet some amazing amazing people may not have met them in person but you've still got that connection and that, yeah. that's just that's just lovely <laughs> okay in the difficult moments, how do you stay focused on moving forward and making progress? Uh, I work with my team around me. So I can't do everything. I, I've got people that are very good sounding boards. So if I'm stuck on something, I will, Adam, you're one of them. Uh, if I've got a finance problem, I need to bring a finance person. There's always someone that's going to pick me back up and there aren't many times that I'm down. I'm a very positive, happy person anyway. Life's, life's always full. So if I'm down, it won't take me that long to get back up. But no, no, yeah. I know you're not one for, for staying down very long at all. Um, no, that's a good answer. It's probably not um, a good time to be around me when that happens. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I, and that, that for me again is around that, uh, having that inner circle, isn't it? Of people, yeah. the, the, the master, that's what they call it, the mastermind and the inner circle is, is having that peer group. Um, to and at support. those times I need to go and exercise. Yeah. Life feels better after that. Yeah. Now I must, I must admit that uh, after nine weeks of not leaving the boundaries, even uh, in the lockdown, that uh, it was my daughter that was telling me, you need to get out dad before you kill somebody. So yeah, ex exercise definitely. You need to get out. I was doing the exercise, but I just didn't wasn't going out of the house. So yeah, I, I invited Joe Wicks into my house at that point during lockdown, <laughs> as most women have done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm probably most blokes. Um, yeah. Um, what else? The what? Oh no, here's an interesting one. 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever asked this of anybody that's been on so far out of the 22, 23 episodes. Mm. What should oh. I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? Me. Next. <laughs> uh, right then. I'll, I'll ring you with the answer when I've thought of it. Yeah. What's the most important thing you've learned in your life? What was your like at life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? Oh, you're an interviewer with three parts to one question. Yeah. Right. Um, the first part. What's the most important thing you've learned in your life? I suppose that goes back to the first one. Um, of you can try lots of things. It's I like that on a CV. I like that people have had variety. In fact, that's why I was hired in my last job, is that I'd got a broad range and that administration background gives you the ability to do almost any sector, any industry. Um, I, th I think that would be most important yeah you're gonna to need to refresh me on the other sorry the other one was was carrying on from that what was your life like before learning it but i think you've known that from a start off really haven't you because of the the early times you were traveling about and doing the jobs and things like that anyway so i that didn't actually click until i did my emotional intelligence um training and one of those was about resilience and change management and, and all those things and I sat next to somebody who hadn't moved house his entire life and I'd had something like 14 addresses in no even more than that oh a, a ridiculous amount of addresses in 10 years I think we'd moved 14 times and that was across three countries and to me that's completely normal I will happily pack my stuff up off we go new address CRB forms to just get ridiculously long though like where did you live before that where did you live before that um, and I think then I was like oh that's just the person I am I just like that okay so uh, so how so after learning that then it was yeah completely and, and that makes you match with others and doesn't make you match with others yeah there was something I was going to ask you now, and I've forgotten what it was. That was relevant. It'll come back to me. My short-term memory, you know, is shot. I, I was thinking this morning, I used to have a saying, I, I doubt my own sanity some days. And I thought, I, and I think it was because I was thinking about doing this, and I haven't done a podcast before, and I suppose my anxiety level was a bit through the roof this morning. I'm the interviewer, not you. <laughs> and I did think, like, do all candidates feel like this now? Because my heart was beating fast, but I haven't had a moment like that for some time where I doubt my insanity. And I think today was one of those. So thank you for putting me out of my comfort zone. No, it's all right. It's I, you need that every so often. You do. Yeah, you do need that very much so. Uh, I know you have, I know you were panicking a little bit around it. You've been, I think you've been pointing it off and pointing it off because we've been talking around it for, for a while, haven't we? Yes. If you, I'm going to ask you two now, two very similar, but they, I'm going to ask you one differently. I'm going to say, if you could have a billboard with your quote that means the most to you, what would it be and why? 
Or do you have one? I have. You know, I have. Uh, success is not final. Failure is not uh, fatal. It's the courage that continue that counts. Winston Churchill um, is one that uh, I have. And and uh, be better today than you were yesterday. Plan to be uh, better tomorrow than you are today. Um, yeah. Do you have any any of those sort of quotes that you that stick with you? I suppose it's very similar to Richard Branson's, isn't it? Say yes and then work out how to do it later. Yeah. And I think that is actually a quite, I think that is quite a good one, actually, because that's something I do do, say yes and work it out. Um, so, yeah. So that I would probably be say to, yes too often, and I think that could be a weakness. There's also the other one, if you want something doing, ask a busy person. And I, I do doubt myself on that some days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one then. This is a long one. So you got if in 150 years science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life, <laughs> what would the title be? And what would the blurb tell us about Amy Foster? That's horrible. Pick another one. <laughs> no, I want you to answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> question how that's the one that's left um it would be about try everything just just try everything don't have a plan although that's possibly terrible advice for some people as well don't have a don't have a plan because the plan is so fixed anything that comes your way assess it and just keep going like you don't have to there's no Nothing wrong with changing your mind. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Because we've had the, we've had this discussion before. Uh, I think there's many people that go to university and come out the other end going, I don't want to be what I said I was going to be. But they've trained for that and then they carry on doing it and then get to realise, oh, I don't, don't like you now. But you've already knew that when you left university. Yeah, if, I, if, if, if there was one thing that stuck in my mind is around how I'd stuck in certain situations when I didn't want to be there and how that really uh, affected my personal life. I would, my, my sole advice would be if, if you don't like doing something, you don't want to do it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Change it. You've, yeah, you've only got it. the one chance. Yeah. Um, because I made that uh, mistake a few times um, from a personal point of view. So let's finish on this one then. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Oh, that's like my interview question then. Um, I say you should answer this one. I, I, I think people think I'm lucky. Oh, right. You've got to explain. Yeah, you've got to explain why. Oh, you're lucky you got to travel. You're lucky you've... Whatever it is. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Now that says something. That says something for me more about them than it does you. Because I'm not lucky. I, I, I'm not lucky. I made it happen. When I went to Australia, my great auntie died, and we had a fraction of the the money as inheritance. And I inherited one thousand nine hundred seventy-two pounds, and you needed two thousand pounds to get a visa to go to Australia. I'm not lucky in that way. I just topped the money up, got that and off I went and I made my own look in Australia and the friends that I made, the connections I made, there were some very, very hard days. Yeah. Um, 
it was very I went out with a boyfriend at the time and he went north I went south and we've never seen each other since uh, luckily he doesn't live around here so I haven't had to bump into him in Sainsbury's uh, but I don't think I've, I've been lucky I've made it work yeah mindset you, you, you've got the mindset to to make it happen and you, you make the decision you make a choice yeah uh, somebody saying that you you've been lucky no you make your own way in life you make your own actions you make your own decisions so you, you know everybody has that choice uh, to go and do it um it's just you know how you apply that mindset to achieve it yeah which you've done um you know and if they're in some ways if they're compare if they're if they're comparing themselves to you that's their issue not yours yeah that's, that's something internally with them they're not happy within themselves um, you, you don't get your own business by luck no you don't not at all not at all so how can we find you uh so linkedin um do you think people just, want to after listening to this yeah, of course they will um it's is it just amy foster on linkedin so linkedin uh, amy foster yeah, but if you put in amy foster nomad it comes up really easily yeah uh what about website uh nomad hr and recruitment.com bit of a mouthful but and it is all words, no yeah, symbols. Including and yeah. the words, not the yeah. symbol. Um, and uh, Twitter and everything. I will put all the links. It's, anyway. it's all the same. Yeah, Nomad HR Recruit is the handle for those. And it's on Facebook as well. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being here. It has been fun. We will still speak. <laughs> I can't tell you how much Amy was panicking before this a little bit it wasn't polite was it (laughs) especially when i told her that she'd got about 40 questions yeah i think you've asked 40 questions though (laughs) go back and check Uh, but uh, i haven't got 40 questions up here i don't know how many i've got but is i do sort of like go off in tangents on that side but uh but yeah no it's been great as always uh and thank you very much i can tick this off my list and i can go home early today yeah (laughs) thank you very much adam pleasure Thanks for tuning in and remember, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it's the courage to continue that counts.